Oh, because this is better. Now I'm in a Halloween style uplight. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. I didn't ask you to put it on the table. It's very boy Where George. Where am I going to see the setup? I just like, hold it like this. On the books. On. on the books. There's very... a fucking pillow in the way. You need a tan that's really right? Yeah, I know. I need a fucking tan. <laughs> I've been tan <laughs> for bloody years. I could hear Indy. I could hear Indy twitching every time it went off. <laughs> Floating in space. Floating in space. <laughs> With many priorities, but they must complete the tax return. <laughs> so we're coming out of left field on this one. Having spoken to David Tuck before on this, uh, the meteorite that wipes out the accounting infrastructure that supports most of what the accountants work on at the moment. And we've obviously seen in app news, there's been some accounting softwares in the past few weeks alone that have acquired very good tech-led businesses both proposal being listed as one, uh, MailChimp as another. Arguably, the accounting industry, has it done enough? Has it moved forward enough to really support the future of the accounting infrastructure for tomorrow? Or is it still playing with what is quite a dated um, software stack or where we should have been possibly five years ago are we doing enough to make sure that we're really accommodating the SME's problems for tomorrow, clients' problems for tomorrow, or are we still just playing on the outside of the problem? I'm going to throw it over to Ryan to start with, and I want you to be really bullish with this because I love the acquisitions that have been made, and I think that the tech is fantastic. I just don't know if we are really hitting the centre of the problem, the heart of the problem here. Are we pushing the boundaries? Um, I think that's you know that, that's probably the, the biggest question. We um, it's a tough one. The the accounting profession um, is built is still antiquated. I don't I think there's any denial about that. I mean anyone that's followed or seen Stuart Hurst on um, on on LinkedIn um, would have seen the coined phrase of the accountant dinosaur. I don't think that that is um, you know that that, that is a, a a distant past I think we're still living in that um, and the problem is when you develop new tech you still have to have a customer base so if you're developing something you're either going to have to completely eradicate the whole accounting industry if you're going to pioneer that far which someone could go out and do um, but at the moment it seems to be that that slower model win the accountants over get them to bring their um, their clients in where I see this potentially getting to a step change is where the the main accounting software, so Zero, Quibbles Online, Sage, start getting to a point where they've got such a big uh, volume of clients now that they don't really need to, need to go through the accounting industry, the accounting profession. They'll just go direct to market, um, and they'll compete so much against themselves. They'll they'll either have to buy um, something that's pioneering to differentiate, and then try and win um, clients off off their competitors, or they'll have to develop something themselves. And I think actually by the time they've got to that size, they'll probably have to buy something in, um, something innovative. I don't know what you think, John. Um, I mean, I, I think I think innovation in the accounting industry is a, is a challenging one. Yes, we've had a lot of stuff happening with cloud in the last 10 or so years, and that has brought with it a level of innovation. But I suppose the question is, is you know, when you talk about innovation in the, in the accounting space, are you talking about innovation in the way that we deliver a service? Are you talking about innovation in terms of expanding the types of services that we offer um or, or are you talking about some something else in terms of you know, almost akin to being like a tech business and bringing 
you know developers in-house to do things i mean you know there are you know certainly in the uk and, and in other other places around the world there are people that are innovating with um you know service delivery technology all those things there's people like sharon pocock you know who's built a cloud first accounts practice up from the ground you know she she's focused on customer service client service first and and brought in your technology and ideas from outside the accounting space to really drive drive the growth that she's had. You know, we've got Alistair Barlow that that both Ryan and I know know quite well. And, you know, and who's who's you know, come from a big four background, built a practice that that effectively does consultancy services with with compliance on the side, uh, and does a huge amount of work around you know um, data. Uh, technology visualization and those kind of things. What what I'd say um, on that though, John, is that um, is that that's still based around the old architecture of the accounting profession. Um, we can't talk about you know what what David sees as a, a an outdated model. Those innovations are still based on that outdated model of someone um, you know you've got that that person at the top that has all the information that you're going to. You've not got a platform that you can. You can go to to access um you can access insights in which you know you're you're kind of being matched with the person that's that's got the expertise i, I think we're still a long a long way off that so the challenge is is that you know uh you know being able to find information on google or whatever is, is easy isn't it it's, it's, it's like the old adage of you know if you if your car broke down tomorrow would you know how to fix it well i i wouldn't so i'd have to take it to someone who knows how to do it yes i could probably sit by the side of the road and google it but then i wouldn't necessarily have the tools with me and everything else to be able to, to fix it there and then anyway so you know the thing is is that you know what it what, it, what anybody who has a level of skill and knowledge does is they bring their experience to bear and you know David's quite right insofar as there are certain elements of what we do that are repeatable over and over and over again. Um, but what, what's different is how we then deal with the clients, how we empathize with them, how we talk to them about specific scenarios that affect them very personally or affect their business very personally. Um, and you, know, the way that you deliver that is person to person, whether that's over a video call, in a meeting, whatever. Um, and to a degree, the underlying technology that you use is slightly irrelevant to that. Um, the underlying technology just enables you to either service more clients or do things more efficiently. You know, it's a bit like you know the step changes that we had from you know moving from pen and paper way back in the day to moving to computers, and now we're moving to cloud and things like AI and stuff. So, um, is technology a problem? No. Uh, could we be doing better? Could we be adopting more of it more quickly? Absolutely. But well, who's yeah. in control of that technology adoption here? So is it you as the accountant feel that, okay, the control is there from your side, or is it that it's being led as well to some extent? And I only ask that because of the digitalization agendas that have happened have forced so many accountants to adopt, but it wasn't without its mandate. I disagree with that because I think, yeah, we've had MTD for, for VAT, making tax digital for VAT here in the UK. But actually, you can still get away with just using Excel to file your VAT returns compliantly. That's old technology. You know, uh, okay, Microsoft might have invested lots of money and effort into, into modernizing it and bringing it up to speed and making it competitive with Google. But, um, you know, that's still old technology. The, the, nobody has been forced to use cloud. Businesses and accountants have adopted cloud because it suits their purposes. Um, yeah, it's ironic because this is probably the fastest the accounting industry has ever moved, um, and yet we're still asking, you know, can it do more? 
but you've got um, you've got the innovators, haven't you? They're the ones that that start um, you know people transitioning onto new things. They take the risk. They potentially you know get the reward from that, although some of them won't. Um, and then over time, that just becomes the norm. And then you'll have the laggards that are still still in their old their old ways. But I think the key thing that we've seen now is that cloud has become the norm, especially with making taste digital, it's kind of forced that, that to be the norm. So what's next? Um, and if we talk about this matchmaking process, you say about, okay, a good example, if your car breaks down, you look to Google to find a mechanic, but there are then those matchmaking tools that can help you find the right mechanic. You know, you've got this for tradesmen, etc., um, where it guides you to maybe um, the specialist, but that's still, it's still based on how they've sold themselves. Um, and it, it's always going to be a gut feel, it's going to be based on marketing, I don't see us getting away from that. You've got the zero advisor directing. You've got you know similar things with QuickBooks and Sage, which is trying to match make accountants and um, businesses. But that's really about how they how effective they are at marketing on that tool. Uh, I still think we're quite a way away from having an individual that's matched to um, a client because it's a very specific question and they're the expert. I think I think we're we're a long way away from that personally. Yeah, and and I have the big I have a big issue about this kind of expert in inverted commas sort of you know moniker that we throw around um you know i i think when it comes to professional services in particular because because what we do is is done you know um you know as i say face to face personally with with business owners with the businesses that they run and things is that one person might think you're an expert in something when you know nothing um you know and, and we see this you know you see this when clients move between practices you know is that, that they they might have used an accountant for for 40 plus years trusted them implicitly but then when you look at the advice that they've been given it's been rubbish you know but as far as they're concerned you know that that person they were dealing with was the expert at the time and it was only when they changed to a different firm of accountants to a different person that they then get to qualify whether that person is an expert in their opinion or not um and and you know that that's the big issue around it you know it's when you come to you know expertise and things like um you know uh science and and, and other other you know places uh, where, where people work and operate is it there are structures there to qualify whether an expert truly is an expert because you i don't know you write papers that get published for example or you do something else that you know someone else checks your work you don't have that in the accounting world yes we've got regulators that will check uh, the audit status and the quality of, a, of an accounting firm but they're not checking that that those people delivering it really know what they're doing you know that's why we all have pi insurance just in case we screw it up because you know it covers our covers our backsides um so I, this 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 expert moniker that gets bashed around is, is great but i don't think i don't think there are truly uh you know a lot of very unique experts in the accountancy market at the moment no, and, and surely when you become an expert, then you just release a podcast. Isn't that how, <laughs> isn't that how it works nowadays? Um, but no, I, I completely agree. It's a hard thing to, to measure because one, we're an incredibly complex tax and regulatory system um, that's constantly changing. We're in you know, um, a software landscape that changes on a daily basis, hence why we've got so much news nowadays that we, we bring to the podcast. Um, so being an expert is only at that exact time. It changes like constantly um so by the time you've advertised yourself as an expert if you've invested time in the advertising you've taken away from things time away from keeping yourself an expert so yeah it, it's i don't think that it's one of those panacea moments or sorry one of those perfect things you can never you can never achieve is that you know becoming the expert there's always someone else that's challenging challenging you in that position and 
And I think the other thing about an expert is if, you, if you're an expert, that means you've surely had lots of experience, been around for a long time, done lots of stuff. And then we kind of end up back in this kind of world of considering dinosaurs to be the experts. And, you know, where does that leave? Well, I'm not particularly young, but Ryan's a bit younger than I am. Uh, you know, where, where does that leave people, people like us? Um, yeah, I mean, it, certainly when I was a trainee accountant, you know, clearly coming into the, into the space at that time. I knew very little, but I was eager to learn and, and everything else. But you know, would you wanted me to sit in front of a, you know, I don't know, a twenty million turnover business and, and give them some some tax advice on uh, R and D tax credits if they existed back then? Bloody hell no, because I wouldn't have known anything about it. Um, you know, but but you know, I could have probably be sat down in front of a firm, of in front of a business, and someone could say, well, John's from such and such accountants, and they would believe that I'm an expert. And, and you do get that when you're a trainee in a firm, you know. If you go out to see clients because you're from that firm, they just expect you know everything. They don't expect that you're six months into a training contract and totally green. Uh, and that, that's always the, the risk that you get with um, you know, people in our in our space. You know, p- professional people are perceived at that moment in time by the people who are servicing. And you can be you can be great, you can be terrible because you're missing deadlines and not performing, or, or you could be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't think there's a solution. To this personally i think i think the accounting profession has built up this structure because it works um it, we wouldn't be here if it didn't work and it's gonna be hard to change that i think if you're trying to compare it to something as um like a delivery and um, which is you know ch- taking one thing from one place to another that's a simple solution a, a simple problem that you're you're bringing a good solution to if you're dealing with something um very complex subjective there are lots of times that you will get things wrong no matter how much you're taught and the whole point of the accounting profession is to build a structure that picks up those errors so that mm. as people um, get experience for it, that actually what goes out the door is already been through, you know, quite a substantial review process to make yeah. sure it's a very good service that's being delivered. Trying to break that um, to deliver, deliver something else brings with it an awful lot of risk. Um, and I'm not sure I'd be comfortable being a, a pioneer in that area. <laughs> I think I think the other thing, just to add to that, the, you know, the one thing that um, you know, I think a lot of accountants are at risk of making the mistake of doing is that there is a, there is a, uh, an area where you you leave your the bounds of your comfort zone in terms of your area of experience and expertise, um, and and you try to be all things to all people, um, you know, and and so I think you've got to be very cautious about you know, trying to, trying to be able to do everything for a client because we're in a business where we're, we're a service business and we don't like to say no to our clients. And equally, because we are a knowledge business, we also don't like to say we don't know. Um, and, and I, you know, you see this, uh, you know, throughout the industry, whether it's from, from trainees to experienced, experienced practitioners who will, will do something a bit rash and say, yeah, we can do that for you. And then, and then quite quickly realize that actually they're not up to it, but we'll, we'll plow on. Uh, and you only have to open the pages of like, you know, the Institute magazines and the ACCA magazines. So that, that's pretty much what most of the disciplinary things are about is where uh, an accountant's overstretched themselves and provided some form of advice that wasn't in their realms of expertise, probably wasn't in the realms of their practice expertise, but didn't want to pass it on to somebody else for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I think that's probably probably all we've got on this topic.